Mate, did we watch a thing this week? Yeah, we did. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us here at We Watched a Thing. As per usual, I'm Topher. And I'm Billy. How are you, Billy? I'm not too bad, buddy. How are you doing? I'm all right. Kicking off the new year well? First recording for 2019. I know. Look at us go. On fire. How's the year <laughs> treating you? It's good, actually. Here we are on the third day of January, and I've already watched four new things. Oh, I know. Burning through stuff. Killing it. Yeah, mate. Yeah. What about you? You seen anything lately? Uh, a lot of sport. Yeah. Is it? Is it? It's cricket at the moment, isn't it? Oh, there's plenty of things on, mate. Oh, good, because uh, you'd get sick of cricket after an hour or two. Not at all. <laughs> Five days. <laughs> Come at me. That is outrageous. <laughs> Anyone who does anything for five days is insane. <laughs> like exercising. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got to a few things. I got to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and let me tell you, the hype is real. It is bloody good. I'd say it's the best animated film of the year, hands down. So when you texted me and said, should I see Aquaman or Into the Spider-Verse? <laughs> and I said, well, not Aquaman. Yeah. That was a good tip. Yeah, you were very specific on do not give them your money. It, it was more about not seeing Aquaman than it was yeah. going to see yeah. Spider-Man. It was film. a good call, though, because I, I loved every second of it. Uh, what else did I get to? Uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Oh, sorry, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, it was, it was fine. It was good. And uh, Bird Box, new Netflix film, which I actually enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. But that's not what we're talking about this week. No. What are we talking about? Mary Poppins Returns. That's right. She's back, y'all. The long-awaited sequel. <laughs> really? Is long- it? It's the long- I think it is the record for the longest between an original and a sequel in film oh, history. It, it definitely is. But w- would you call it long-awaited? Do you think people were waiting with bated breath for this? Well, Disney Studios were. <laughs> They've been trying to get this done for- Like, they tried to make a sequel straight away. Yeah, okay. And the creator of Mary Poppins was like, I hate your film. No, you can't do any more. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was decades later that they came to an agreement that they could at some point make another one. Wow, because I actually didn't even know until just after I saw this one that it, it, it was based on a series of books. Well, and, and so the writer was not a fan of the, the Disney classic. Hated it. Really? Interesting. So, Mary Poppins Returns, directed by Rob Marshall, with a screenplay written by David McGee and a story by McGee, Marshall and John DeLuca. It is a sequel to the 1964 Mary Poppins and it stars Emily Blunt, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Ben Whishaw, Emily Mortimer, Julie Walters, Dick Van Dyke, Angela Lansbury, Colin Firth and Meryl Streep. What's it about, Tove? Bit of a spoiler by saying Angela Lansbury. (laughs) Anyway... What's it about? Um, Mary Poppins Returns sees a narcissistic witch and part-time nanny return <laughs> to s- once again sort out the Banks family. <laughs> that's yeah, that's that's a fair description, I'd say. Like I, I, I like Mary Poppins. I'd I'd sit down and have a cup of tea with her, but man, she loves a mirror. This was one of my beefs with with this new one. Let's get straight into it. I didn't really like the characterization of Mary Poppins in this film. Apparently, it's much closer to the book series. Apparently, in the books, she's much more vain, a little harsher and stuff like that. I got got a fetish for Mary. (laughs) I'm all about (laughs) Julie Andrews' Mary Poppins. I think she's so gorgeous. (laughs) See, I recall Julie Andrews' Poppins being pretty blunt. She's a little blunt, but I I think it helps that she has a sweeter tone of voice and- uh, like, she's certainly not- a, She looks in the mirror once in the original, whereas in this one, there were like six or seven mirror viewings. Oh, she's like you with a reflection. 
Uh, yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan of that. Um, but let's get straight into it. What did you think? I enjoyed the film enough. I thought Emily Blunt was fantastic. That's interesting. Okay. It took me a long time to warm up to her. Like I said, for me, I think it was more the characterization rather than Blunt's performance. And by the end of the film, I was like, yeah, I really like it. And I think she had, had an amazing singing voice. Her singing was great. And that's what started to win me over. But it took me a long time to get into Emily Blunt. Right. I was actually, I was right there. As yeah. soon as as soon as she floated down, there, yeah, right. there, I've got to say there was a the little the little child Topher in me. There was something there that was like, it's Mary Poppins. Interesting. Maybe it's just because I've seen the original so frequently lately. Because my daughter discovered it maybe six months ago, and for about two months straight there, she watched it every day. And yeah. so I've seen it a lot recently. So I'm very fresh on that film. Yeah, I probably haven't seen it in its entirety in. Well, it'd be decades. Yeah. So it took me a long time to accept, okay, this is who Mary is now. This is Emily Blunt and, and I'm okay with it. And I liked her by the end, but it took me a while. And I was excited about the rest. Like, I really like both Emily Mortimer and Ben Wishaw. Just, Same. Just and, generally. And so, I thought they were great. Actually. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah. The, in fact, the only performance I did not like in the film was Meryl Streep. I was not into Meryl Streep. I didn't like I was her. Like, it was really hard to compute. Yeah. No, I thought she was bad. The character was bad. That entire segment was bad and I, should have been cut. Yeah, I was like, I mean, props to the set design. There's good stuff about that sequence. Yeah. But you cut it out of the movie and it's the same movie. Yeah, mostly it just felt like that sequence was there so that they could have Meryl Streep's name in the credits. That's because I didn't, going in, I didn't know she was in it. No, same. And when I saw her name pop up, I thought that she would be, I thought maybe she was going to be like the mother of the kids or, or something. Or another but, witch or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, I was not on board with Streep at all. All the other performances I was really okay with. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda, I mean, just the fact that you don't have to deal with Dick Van Dyke's accent <laughs> from the original, Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, just already looks fantastic in I comparison. Mean, his accent isn't great either, though. Yeah, but- it's better than Dick Van Dyke's. <laughs> um, yeah, see, Lin-Manuel is one of those people- I love Lin-Manuel, as I think everyone does, because he's so lovable. I don't think he's great, though. I think he's a fantastic, phenomenal songwriter and storyteller, but he's not really a great singer, you know? And even he knows that. Like, when you look at Hamilton, most of what he does is, is rap. There's very few singing components that went to his character because he's, he's not a singer. So, while I liked him in this- it was a little bit like eh, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't knock my socks off. Like his, and I assume he did a bunch. I haven't really checked. I'm assuming he did a bunch of songwriting. He actually didn't. Him. Oh, really? No. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That seems weird. It like, does seem I weird that you would have Lin Manuel and not let him write at least a song or two. I'm guessing yeah. he probably wrote the rap component in yep. that song that he did. Because if I had him on my team, I would deploy the Miranda. Yeah. It's weird. That is weird. Good dancer, though, and I thought the choreography in most of the film was really good. How did you like Banks Kids 2.0? Yeah, I thought they were pretty good. I mean, you know, as far as child actors go, I'd, like, they don't have huge roles. They're, like, from memory, they only kind of sing, like, a quarter of a song. They don't really have a, a big singing part or dancing, really. But I, th I thought they were fine in the roles. You? I liked two of them. One of them, I thought, had the evil gene. Wow, until you said that, I actually forgot there were three. Because <laughs> he cast a spell on you. <laughs> so, younger kid, I thought he was adorable. Yeah. Daughter, yep, adorable. The older boy. Older boy. I'm telling you, something's wrong. 
in in the third film, he'll be the villain. Yeah, okay. In, in he's, scary poppins. He's he's gonna break bad. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really liked Ben Wishaw though. He, yeah, I thought he was really good. He really surprised me, and and I liked the songs that he had as well. I, yeah, I thought he was probably my MVP. In general, I would I would say probably for me, and I'm not the target audience, so quite frankly, who cares? But for me, one or two songs too many. Oh, absolutely. And look, I actually really liked the songs, and I don't like musicals. I'm not a musical guy. I don't think they're as catchy as the original. But the thing I think a lot of people forget is the original is fucking long and there's a lot of songs that aren't that good or memorable. You know, everyone remembers, you know, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Spoonful of cocaine, (laughs) those ones. All that stuff. But there's at least four or five songs in that film that you just skip every time. And I think this was the same. I think it was too long. Like, because this, to me, even more than the original is a kid's movie. Like, this is a real kid's movie. My four-year-old loved it, and I think that's the kind of target audience. But if that's your target audience, under don't, two don't hours. Don't make it over two hours. Over two hours. And, yeah, I agree that there may be two or three songs too many. Yep. And, like, even the songs that I could do without. So, we've mentioned Meryl Streep scene. Yeah. Like, just cut it. Yeah, for, for me. well, it, do- it doesn't add anything to the story. Just got it. Yeah. Um, the really long number, like when at, they're at, inside the, at the fountain. The bowl? No, the fountain one. Oh, the the trip the light, fantastic. Like I think it's really well done. Mm. But there there came a point where I was like, I feel like it's getting in the way of the story. But having said that, the story is secondary to just the fun of the movie anyway. So I don't like yeah. this is not a cardinal sin. And that's the same with the original too. Yeah. The original barely even has a story. This has more of a plot than that. Uh, but yeah, in that number, by the time they started flipping out some sick BMX tricks, I was like, I think you've gone too long. <laughs> yep. I don't think they were they were doing sick tricks in the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 1930s London, um, I didn't realise what a- what a model of multicultural bliss 1930s London was. I thought the same thing, actually. <laughs> when like, the lawyers came in and one of them was African-American, I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Probably probably not African-American, Billy. African-British? Like, there, there, <laughs> there are black people in Britain. <laughs> yes, you are correct. But were they lawyers in the 1930s? Look, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. But, like- It's a Disney film. I'm, ha- I'm happy for like, it to I be. Actually, yeah. I, I actually love how- Diverse, they made the cast. Yeah, but, definitely. And, like, for the kids, I think that's brilliant. For the yeah. adults, it's like, yeah, nah. <laughs> 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 Speaking of good things, doing good things for kids, like showing that multiculturalism is a good thing, um, I like that they show kids from a young age that banks are responsible for, like, 70% of the world's ills. <laughs> Except then they kind of blink at the end and they're like, ah, look, there's a good banker who makes it okay. Yeah. I was like, nah, there's not a good banker. Here's, here's there's a good no, a banker. There's no good banker. <laughs> <laughs> it's all their fault. And yes, you should hate them. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting. I feel like the, the first film was very pro-banks as well. There's a lot of, lot of talking about banks. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're sick for the banks. Their last name is Banks. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we said that the plot is kind of pretty secondary. My other big beef with the plot, and again, it's a kid's movie, so try not to, like, dig it too much. But, you know, people thought Force Awakens was a rehash. This is, like, next level. Like, every single song, you could go, okay, so this is Spoonful of Sugar, just not as good. And this is Step in Time, just not as good. (laughs) And that was my big beef with it, was that it kept calling back to these 
you know, segments from the first film, but just not executing them as well. And plenty of the the rest of the score just borrows heavily from the first oh, film as well. Oh, big time, yeah. Which I think- the incidental score. Which probably is actually more for the parents than the kids. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But that was my big beef with it was just, yes, I think we've had enough of the callbacks. <laughs> The one callback I was happy about and really enjoyed, though, was the animated sequence. For sure. That was the best sequence in the film by a long stretch was when they were inside the bowl. And at first I was like, how much is Royal Dalton paying for advertising for this film? Because they've said Royal Dalton 72 times by now. (laughs) But that animated sequence was so well done. That was by far the best bit of visual effects in the film, easily. Yeah, bowl sequence was really good. I was hoping that we were going to get hand-drawn animation. How does your- daughter dig hand-drawn animation oh she loves it that's the thing about kids these they like i don't understand why disney and and everyone stopped doing it because kids don't care whether it's 3d or hand-drawn like just because the technology is new they don't care like my daughter loves for example princess and the frog as much as any of the others yeah she was watching disney's robin hood when i came around the other day exactly yeah she was like Uncle Topher, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got, I got marched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she loves the old hand-drawn stuff. And I don't know if that's just because we've made an effort to show her that stuff, but I think kids in general are pretty good with it. And I was very happy to see it up on the big screen again because that's got to be the first time in years we've seen Disney hand-drawn animation. It, yeah, I did actually- I did see the other day I was reading something about the film and it did mention how long it had been since Disney- yeah. had done hand-drawn, and it was, I think it was 2011, their Winnie the Pooh film. Yeah, right. I think that was it. Yeah, it's more recent than I thought, actually, then, even. But even, yeah, this century, I imagine I imagine Disney haven't done many this century. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, um, and I loved that sequence. The compositing was great. Yeah, I was totally into it. I'll tell you one thing I liked about the musical number in that sequence, and, and this comes up again later in the film. Using heavily front-lit bright colours- is in in filmmaking terms not cool. Yeah. Like that's pretty daggy and it's not like that's not something that you would do at film school to score points. Yeah. But I'm totally into them just leaning into it here and going we're not trying to be trendy. Yeah. We're just here's a big bright fun musical number. Enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I gave him totally total props that. for that. I think my least favorite musical number at least visually was the one in the bathtub where they kind of went under the ocean and stuff. I thought the VFX there were pretty sloppy in terms of compositing and stuff. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. Yeah. But um, but then I'm like, if I was six, I wouldn't care. Yeah, well, like I said, my four-year-old daughter loved it. In fact, my wife and kids are seeing it again today for the second time with your sister, who's also seeing it for the second time. Yep. So some people are eating it up. So that's great. Speaking of the front lighting, so the cinematographer on the film, Dion Beebe, who's an absolute- gun cinematographer from Australia, a friend of the podcast. <laughs> G'day, mate. <laughs> How you doing, Beebs? Um, and I I really like a look at a lot of the film. Like, a lot of it is this really uncool, heavily front-lit thing, which is not, if you're familiar with, like, Dion Beebe's back catalogue, yeah. that's not how he tends to shoot. So a lot of that is leaning into that kind of 60s, you know. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And then, but, yeah, there are some really cool kind of atmospheric set pieces as well. Mm. Um, I was into the look of the film. Yeah, same. I really enjoyed the look of it. And e- even the songs, like like I said, they weren't probably as memorable as some of the songs in the original, but I actually really dug them. And 
other parents will get this. On the way home, both my kids fell asleep in the car, so I ended up driving around for another hour just to keep them quiet. <laughs> and I, I re-listened to the soundtrack on the way home, and I only skipped three songs. Yeah, which, right. Again, like we said, there are probably two or three that should be cut, but I actually really enjoyed the soundtrack. And uh, the musical is written by Mark Shaman, who- has been a I know that name. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. He has worked with Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal a lot, um, usually scoring things as opposed to writing musicals. But he wrote one of my all-time favourite musicals, South Park, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, <laughs> which then after listening to this, I had to re-listen to that because <laughs> I think that's one of the best musicals of the last 40 years. <laughs> Put them together as a fan edit for your kids. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> just Mary Poppins, but just lip sync it so it's Uncle Fucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I just found out this morning that there was um, there was a fan petition going around to get Michael Rooker into the film following- <laughs> Because of- um, Because yeah. of Guardians Volume 2. <laughs> um, it will shock you to hear that a fan petition didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> as they often don't. <laughs> i got to tell you, though, I would have been all right with that happening. They're I'd, both I'd, Disney properties. I'd have had a giggle and, yeah, I would not have been shocked at all if Disney had just gone, hey, we'll give you 100 grand for a day's work. <laughs> yeah. I would have been pretty cool with that. I mean, let's talk about the, the cameos that are in the film, though. Obviously, we both said that we were not fans of Meryl, either in her role or the role in general. Uh, how did you feel about Colin Firth as the big bad? Yeah, I was fine with Colin. Yeah, like, I quite like him. Not not on like an an all time list of Colin <laughs> Firth performances. No, but, but it was fine. I actually wonder if he's almost too likable to play a bad guy like that too, because he's too just, charming. Yeah, he. But is, then again, he's meant to be at the beginning. I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe you're meant to get more of a transition there. But he's just such a likable fella. You just look at his face and you're like, oh, Colin. Even after he takes your house, you're like, ah, yeah. you're all right. Go get Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Uncle Jamie. <laughs> um, Angela Lansbury is the balloon lady. I couldn't help it. I was in love with it. Same. I thought that was so wonderful. That role was originally meant for Julie Andrews. Yeah. Who turned it down. And I- I, yeah, I respect the hell out of that decision yeah, I th from Andrews to go, you know what, this will be a distraction. Yeah, and I think she was right. I think that's a nice call to make in thinking about other people, thinking about Emily Blunt and saying, no, let's just let her be Mary. I thought that was cool. And Angela Lansbury, it was just, it was adorable. I loved it. I actually really liked that number. Yeah, that was that was nice. That was yeah. that was a good one. But again, if I, if I was a kid, I'd have eaten that up. Yeah. I did see this get pointed out, a fun little- Lansbury tie-in. So, Lansbury is the teapot in yes. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, Mrs. Potts. Mrs. Potts. Which I'll have you address her correctly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Which in the remake is Emma Thompson. Right. Emma Thompson played the author of Mary Poppins. Oh, in, in Saving Mr. Banks. In Saving Mr. Banks. There you go. Fun tie-in. There you go. I like tie-ins like that. I was reading a Enjoy fan- that. <laughs> I was reading a fan theory online, actually. I love fan I theories. I love a fan theory. <laughs> okay, so you know how at the start of the film, Old Vet Next Door, who I was right, was not from World War No, I. yeah, it is earlier <laughs> It that. is an earlier war. Um, you know how he's shooting his cannon and he thinks that Big Ben is wrong. Yep. And then at the end of the film- when they change the clock, it's right. So the first Mary Poppins, where he's shooting on time, that's at 1910s. Peter Pan, which is set in the late 1910s, when they're flying to Neverland, they stop on Big Ben and they set it forward five minutes. 
That's awesome. So the theory is that that's what happened. That's great. That's when Big Ben went wrong and now Mary was setting it back. Fantastic. <laughs> Good stuff, huh? Yep. <laughs> Let's talk about that scene, though, where they're, where they're changing the clock. If Mary could fly up there, why didn't she do that from the start? <laughs> why did she make those poor fuckers get all those ladders? Because she's- Lin-Manuel nearly died. She could have been up there the whole time. She's enabling them to live their best life. Oh, okay. Now, so she- now they got to be heroic as well rather than just going- the super-powered <laughs> nanny witch just did it for us. But she did do it for them in the end yeah, anyway. They learned from the experience. <laughs> but they, they, had a, they had a bash. They could have saved so much time, mate. Why, why, did, why did they even need to hop on the bikes? She could have just flown straight to Big Ben from the Banks' house. Good exercise. <laughs> if I, I'm amazed. Like, she can probably teleport. We've seen her disappear into thin air. She probably could have just, like teleported to Big Ben. At least she didn't straight up murder a bunch of other nannies at the beginning of this movie. You know those ones? When she first bloat, like literally blows in at the beginning of the, the original. Yeah. And all those nannies go flying. Yeah. Like, I mean, they die. There's no way they survive that. Wow, that's true. She fucks them up. Mary Poppins a cold-hearted bitch. Like as far as witches go, she's nice, but she's totally a witch. Yeah, so- these, so far, the Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns, we're, we're kind of basic, even if we're not right in it or right after it, we're around about World War One and World War Two. I believe that this one is it's set like late in, 30s. The, in the 30s and yep. the first one was in the 10s. Yeah. yeah. So just before just, the yeah, World kind War of. So I'm looking forward to precursor Cold War, <laughs> Mary Poppins, for the next one, where like Mary Poppins gets accused of being a communist. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> And she will fuck some people up. <laughs> she would too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I wonder, do you think, I mean, so it's established in this film that Mary Poppins doesn't age. So is she immortal? Do you think there's a chance then that we could get a prequel? Certainly. You can like, just go in either direction. Yeah. Like if we're, if we're going to have her in McCarthyism during the communism stuff, why not go all the way back and just put her in the crucible? She's a witch. Absolutely. Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you want. <laughs> she's, but like, she's, I don't want to blame her, but she's kind of the harbinger. <laughs> <laughs> we should start a fan fiction website just for Mary Poppins fanfic. I'm sure that doesn't exist. <laughs> Probably does. I'm oh my God. Sure it does. <laughs> People are weird. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know what trouble the um, the current Banks children will be getting into as adults for the next one. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not like we need to wait 30 years now. We're already, you know, nearly 100 years in the past. Wait, should, do, you rec- like, do you reckon the Blunt will get to do another one or do you think it'll be, it's not James Bond, you get one? <laughs> I think it's going to come down to money, to be honest. It and will. I, this has underperformed. Oh, has it? It has. Uh, they were expecting it to smash the holiday season, and surprising to at least me, Aquaman has taken number one for the past what month or so. So, who is going to? I mean, I'm, okay. Look, if you if you enjoy the DCEU, like more power to you. Good for you. It's it's more fun enjoying things than hating it. But what? So, I think it's definitely going to come down to money. But I think I think they like to do a third, and I think if there's a third, it'll be blunt. So, all in all, it sounds like we were both. Fairly agreeable on it. Yeah. What are you scoring? Six out of ten. Oh, I'm exactly a six as well, buddy. I think if you've got kids, it's great. I wouldn't bother if you don't have kids. Or if, you, if you're not a huge Disney fan or, or a big fan of the original, I wouldn't bother. Well, I'm like, I still enjoyed it enough and I'm by no means the target audience. It's not like a hard recommendation, but 
if you want to go to the movies, there's far worse things you could do than go yeah. and see Mary Poppins. Or yeah, Kurt's. it's hot at the moment. If you want to get out of the out of the heat into the air conditioning, well, it's movies hot here. Is a good option. It's really cold in plenty of other parts of the world. Yeah, lucky fucks. <laughs> What are we getting to next week, buddy? Uh, next week, we have a request through the Patreon. We do. We'll be kicking it back and checking out The Crow. 90s style. Which you have seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watch movies. <laughs> Up yours. I have not, but I'm very, 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 very excited to watch it. And there's another one that's been on my list for so long. Yeah. So I think that'll be good fun. All right. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchthething. If you want to help to support the show and tell us what to watch, like our good friend did for next week, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchthething. And in the meantime, go watch a movie. Catches. Catches.